everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And today is another episode of our romantic reading wrap up where we talk about the reading that we've been doing over the course of the month. It's so much fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Bree is here. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm good, girl. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a very busy April. Uh, same, <laughs> to- same. <laughs> I was telling off air that I've become like the TV woman. I don't know how this has happened, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm covering Heartland and Sex in the City and What Calls the Heart. Do you think they're going to bring and just like that back for another season? What, yes, what they already thoughts? announced it. Okay. Okay, cool. Which, because uh, <laughs> I've heard, just I been don't. hearing so many mixed things about, I, I have not watched it yet. I'm not ready. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Jax and I had a great time covering it, but it was not great. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's that's what I'm hearing. But like, yes. no, like even not so great sex in the city is better than like no sex in the city. So yeah. I get it. You know, we'll I, we have to get you on City Girls Pod if you're a Sex in the City fan. I am. I you know, one of these love, days. I love the, the series. I'm just really nervous because I'm like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't there. take it as like hard canon. <laughs> I <Yeah. would> just, <laughs> I don't know. I love that you've been watching TV because that I feel like that's all I've been doing really in April is like yeah. wanting to read, but just like watching ghosts. <laughs> that show oh, that's yeah. coming on, like, so see, I don't know what CBS or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just that's watching. Funny. I I've. I just haven't had time to finish the season, but I did watch a number of episodes and I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was, it's funny. I need to finish it. Yeah. I thought it was done. And then I, I went on there a couple of days ago. I was like, Oh, there's like four episodes I haven't even watched. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think my, cause I have, uh, I rent out my basement. I, I have uh, a couple that live in my basement. I have a basement apartment down there. And <laughs> I think they think I'm like obsessed with, like the Food Network, because it's my show that, I mean, maybe I am obsessed with the Food Network, but it's my show that is my like relaxed show. Which you know, one? Which which like, show? Well, Be Bobby Flay is probably okay. my favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, but Chopped also. Oh, yeah. Chopped. I mm-hmm. love, I, I love Girl Meets Farm. <laughs> I love oh, yeah. Molly. And she was just the host of the Spring Baking Championship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's so many good ones. That. I love her. I love Cardia Brown. There's just yeah. I, I'm with you, like Food Network. Um, my favorite though, it doesn't come on Food Network. It's called The Lost Kitchen and it comes on um oh. the uh the, the Discovery Plus app. It's part of uh the Magnolia oh, channel. I have and that it's app. so good. It's set in Maine and uh, Aaron French, who runs it, she's all about using like local ingredients. So you'll see uh-huh. scenes of her like actually out with fishermen fishing or picking strawberries at local farms and stuff. And it's she loves flowers, so she's always putting like edible flowers on the food. It's gorgeous aesthetically. It's beautiful to watch. So if you have Ooh. that app, go yeah. watch the Lost. I do. Kitchen. Yeah, it's really good. Anyways, we're talking about really food good. shows. <laughs> We're here to talk about books. Yes. <laughs> we can talk about food all day and shows. 
Uh huh. So I'm very excited though, because the book that we are focusing on as our main book is one that I loved. We talked about it previously in our wrap up. I liked it so much that I had the author on, uh, Lynn Painter. I had her on for an interview, talked to her about it better than the movies by Lynn Painter. And I'm normally not a YA person. Uh, I particularly the whole sort of sullen teenager trope is one of my least favorites. And Same. Same. <laughs> I just don't. I say that like I watch those movies and I feel like I need to call and apologize to my mother every yes. time. Because <laughs> it's just... I don't know. It's just not pleasant. And not that every movie has to be pleasant, but it just a lot of times I feel like they don't give enough motivation of why this teen is behaving in this way. And True. so yeah. you just end up feeling frustrated. And the, <laughs> at least I do. Like, I think of like the, um, to all the boys I've loved before. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate Laura Jean. Like, no, yeah, yeah. At she's all good. in the books. Like, she, yeah, she lost her mom and that sucked. But, like, she wasn't awful, you know? And yeah. I just think sometimes we don't give teenagers enough credit. Like, sure, there are some snobby teenagers out there. And I'm sure mm-hmm. we all had our moments. But, like, they're also, like, not awful. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, even movies that other people just love, love, like Edge of Seventeen or Lady Bird it's just not my favorite i just can't i just don't like that yeah. archetype of yeah just miserable and mean yes yes, yes. oh my gosh if it's but. a movie a book and i know that like oh my gosh there's a teenager that's gonna be making the mom's life hell i'm like nope i'm not in the mood like yeah. i'm not in the mood for that yeah but i thought that in this case they she does a really good job of of creating that motivation for the difficult behaviors that sometimes Liz expresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, it's usually based in her grief and her, uh, her sense of loss over her mother not being there, uh, yeah. which I thought was good. And I guess the summary is a hopeless romantic teen attempts to secure a happily ever after moment with her forever crush, but finds herself reluctantly drawn to the boy next door. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say no, I guess- like, it is a real, like you said, everything about her losing her mom and stuff. Like you understand why Liz is the way that she is, but listeners don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. From my perspective, she still wasn't the easiest heroine to read. I was like, you are lying. <laughs> And you have these awful moments as well, but you get it because Mm -hmm. we're constantly reminded of like why Liz, like Liz's goal motivation and conflict is like all throughout the book. Like you never forget. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And she does learn by the end because she's, she's not the best friend to her her friend and she, uh, and she's kind of difficult with her stepmom. Yeah. But again, that kind of, lies in her feelings about her mother and uh and so by the end she kind of comes around uh mm-hmm. and i don't know i just loved wes so much i Me thought too. he was great yeah i mean he did like he would say little things like of course you don't like that 
You know, and it's like, she has this moment of like, how do you know? And there's things where he kind of showed like, I know you more than you think you did. Like you think I do. And then like, even with her, her dad and her stepmom, they're like, when you used to practice piano, he'd hang out on the back porch and just listen. Like, so there's even things he was doing behind the scenes that she didn't know about. And I'm just like, oh man. Oh my God. I love Wes. (laughs) So basically this, the, the setup is so you have Liz who uh, wants to uh, wants to get together with this guy Michael, who was her childhood crush, and she ends up making this deal with her neighbor Wes, who's always teasing her um, to help her to be able to get Michael. But of course, Wes is in love with with Liz and uh, I I just love that dynamic and I liked the fact that Michael was a good guy they didn't make him like a the teenage version of a bad man of business you know they they We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. He was right. good. Uh, good character. And I really just, I don't loved the way she wrote the book and built tension and got me invested the whole thing with the way that they worked in rom-coms and her, the fact that she'd watched them with her mother, I thought really worked well. But my thing was like, okay, how, okay. This is, this is my question mark. Mm -hmm. She's what a junior senior. And like, I felt like, I may be wrong. Like her mom died when she was really young. Is that right? Like how old was she when her mom died? I got the impression that she was like 10 or 11. 10 or 11. Okay. Yeah. So this was my kind of, as I like this, this pulled me out of the story just a little bit. And I was like, I have to Mm -hmm. talk about, talk to Rachel about this because we're both (laughs) rom-com lovers, but like, Uh I was reading this book and I'm like, this is a young adult novel. This is for an age demographic that's what, like, I'd say like 14 to 19, right? Maybe mm-hmm. even like 15, 15, 19 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like, I, I have a 16 year old teenage cousin and I'm like, if I gave her this book, would she pick up on these references? I feel like some, like, there's a there's a rom-com podcast, Rom-Com Ever After, hosted by this girl, Allie, and she posted on Twitter recently, like, she saw a tweet. I'm totally paraphrasing this, but like somebody in the young adult publishing world basically kind of reconfirmed that like young adult novels today are written for the entertainment of adults. And I'm like reading this and I'm like, oh yeah, that's from Pretty Woman. Oh, there's a Sandlot. And I'm like, 
would my 16-year-old cousin pick up on this? But it's like for her age demographic. Yeah, I think that's that is that is a fair critique. I will agree. Although she does have some more modern ones, like things like Longshot, and I think there is to all the boys. So there's some more modern ones, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that is a fair critique. That my, they my thing are... was like they could maybe encourage people, like, oh, well, let me go watch Pretty Woman. But I'm like, also do they care enough? I don't know. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like you like I, I remember a couple summers ago, my friend read this this Casey West young adult novel that like was a complete dirty dancing retelling. And she loved it as a 40 year old woman who grew up loving dirty dancing. And I'm like, would teenagers actually know it was a dirty dancing retelling? And like, would they mm-hmm. care enough to go watch dirty dancing? Would they well, even and, pick and- up on it? <laughs> And there are a number of movies mentioned that are are rated, which also teenagers probably, you know, a lot of teenagers wouldn't have watched like Bridget yeah. Jones and When Harry Met Sally and uh, <clears throat> and Longshot. Um, so that's also maybe a, a bit of a problem. But uh, I the the um, quote that I uh, the section that I had uh, kind of talks about some of these movies i think it shows the way she's able to sort of integrate talking about the tropes i thought she did a really good job with that the way the banter between wes and uh, liz about the tropes was really fun and she says this is on page 37 she says at this point you and michael aren't mad at each other so it's doomed Every rom-com has two people who can't stand each other in the beginning, but eventually bang it out. Gross. Seriously, you've got mail, the ugly truth. Um, When Harry met Sally, 10 things I hate about you, Sweet Home Alabama. First of all, Sweet Home Alabama is a second chance. I love trope. (laughs) Oh, my bad. Second of all, you're a little impressive with your rom-com knowledge, Bennett. Are you sure you aren't a closet watcher? He gave me a look positive i really was a little impressed i loved the ugly truth i won't tell anyone if you secretly fangirl over romance flicks shut it he chuckled and gave his head a slow shake so what trope works for you and michael then the followed him around like a puppy but now he sees the puppy as a potential girlfriend even though he already has a potential girlfriend trope you are an obnoxious love hater. It was all I could think of to throw back at him because all of a sudden Wes had the uncanny ability to make me laugh. Like even as he made fun of me, I had to force myself to not give in to another giggle. So I think that that kind of shows the, the way she's able to kind of talk about these themes and these tropes in it's such as, I, you know, seamless way. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I just think the, the fun, the fun part of it for me was just, I think, especially as teenagers, we have to be reminded that it is okay to obsess over something. It is totally yeah. okay to have your thing and obsess over it. And if at any point in life, that's okay, it's okay when you're a teenager because eventually mm-hmm. you get old and life happens and you're too busy you know, like that is the time. If you're a fan of romantic comedies, love the heck out of them and obsess over them. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, that the the energy and uh, excitement, even from a character like Liz, who 
is, you know, kind of sad for a lot of the book that, uh, that it, I you know, don't, don't hide your, what you love. It's, it's, yeah. you don't have to be embarrassed. <laughs> okay. Now like. some of the movies were questionable though. Like, okay. My mom <laughs> loved my best friend's wedding growing up. Like I, I distinctively uh-huh. remember her watching that all the time. But as I get older, I'm like, was that actually a romantic comedy? Her no. and the guy don't end up together. So it's not mm-hmm. really a romance per se. And yeah. then I, cringe and this is one that is bought up a lot in both movies and books guys i'm tired of hearing gone with the wind and like these like (laughs) you know romance recommendations as a woman of color it's a note for me (laughs) and i'm like how does this teenage girl why were you watching gone with the wind Yeah, I mean, I hate the ugly truth. Actually, she mentions it here. I get the ugly truth is absolutely terrible. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Gone with the Wind. I do have a certain degree of nostalgia for it because um, it was one my grandma really enjoyed, and we would watch it together. And there's such a there's such a epic quality to of it, and some of that filmmaking does hold up. I mean, that scene with uh, with her. Tr- treating the the wounded soldiers when it pans out and it's just like full uh there's so many of them i mean there's scenes like that that are really impressive but she's the worst i mean scarlet is awful and ashley is such a dweeb <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> But even thinking of like okay that she had like one quote from sandlot which was perfect but i'm like sandlot's not a romantic comedy <laughs> Yeah, so that's why true. is this in the book? <laughs> <laughs> there was no Although now and then. The... Like, I think of all the movies that weren't recommended. Like, you didn't have one from now and then. Like, that's a coming of age girl story, at least. Yeah, yeah. that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do love Sandlot. So, maybe yeah, that's me too. <laughs> yeah. Jet Rodriguez is still my girlhood crush. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so gorgeous. Uh-huh. Well, what do, what do you think of Wes? Did you like Wes as much as did you like Wes I did. as I, a character? I think like you said, like, I think she had two good guys. Yeah. But the one that really knows you, you know, and I think, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think that another kind of side of the obsessing over something, like she had, like, you are trying to live your life like a movie and you want to get the guy that's come back to town with a cute Southern drawl accent. But like, this guy's been your guy for a long time and you just did not know it. Like everything you want is right there in the boy next door. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I loved him. I really did. Yeah. It is kind of uh, best f- uh, friends to lovers, but also enemies to lovers at the same time. Yeah. We talked about our trope time. There's also, you know, a little bit of a love triangle. Yeah. My um, thing, like, I think the, one of the, I guess needed parts of the story. Her stepmom tells her getting close to me isn't going to erase the memory of your mom. And I just, I loved that because she was kind of awful to her stepmom and her stepmom was so chill. Her dad's kind of like, not really that big of a character in the book, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I really loved, I loved when her stepmom said that. Yeah. Yeah, and and so their their reconciliation through the the story I think is is really good, and and uh, and the same thing with her 
with her friend, I forget the name, but uh, that uh, she's pretty, pretty rude to her, you know, that she, because she doesn't want to go prom dress shopping without her mom, but her friend keeps asking her and then she just keeps dissing her friend and where, you know, she should be honest with her friend about why she's feeling this way. I mean, if mm-hmm. so, but I, I guess I, I appreciated that, that we had a flawed character who was learning and growing through the story and, um, and she wasn't just sort of, they, they had good motivation for her anger. She wasn't yeah. just the Solentine to me. So I appreciated that. But, uh, but really my, my main love of this movie was, I just loved Wes. I thought he was great. Yeah. And I thought all of the banter about like the tropes and the way I thought the writing was really solid. What did you think about, I was, I just thought about this cause I remember there was a book I read a while ago where the guy, the, the, the friend was like this really good guy and it took for her to see him with another girl yeah for it to be like oh wait a minute you know i just like <laughs> i think sometimes we need that obviously but mm-hmm. also like what he's willing to do for you to help you get with another guy when he's in love with you <laughs> like, yeah that just- yeah i like uh that he realizes that all of his advice was bad. Like he didn't even like his advice. <laughs> yeah. Like, Why are you dressing this way? <laughs> She's like, I'm dressing the way you told me. Oh, no, it's no good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I also thought that kiss scene was so good. Well yeah, done. Yeah. Yeah. Very romantic. And she just went for it, which was, great. I would love to talk with a YA author because my question is, like my parents were divorced when I was a teenager, but they were both uh-huh. still alive. Like, is it kind of like this golden rule in YA that like either a parent has to be dead? <laughs> I mean, we see this in Hallmark <laughs> movies a lot too. And I'm like, nobody's parents are still alive. Like mine are both yeah. alive and well in their fifties and thriving. Well, and I, I like, mean, what is that? It's the same way with Disney movies. Yeah. Almost all the mothers are dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just talked to my mom this morning twice. Like she's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they do that. I mean, I guess it, it gives a certain degree of independence to the characters that I think maybe helps in uh, in writing your story. Yeah. And what I, I thought was really well done in this book was, I can't, I can't remember what Liz she says, but you basically – she realizes like, here I am, I'm this age, my mom died a long time ago. And how you're, when you lose someone, whether it's a parent or a friend, you know, I think we can all look back on our teenage years and remember like that one kid that died in a car accident or got really sick. And like, they're kind of like stuck in time. And then you look at where you are now and you're like, wow, like you're not getting to be part of this because you're stuck at, in this like like a time capsule almost um yeah. and i loved that moment you know that brief moment that we got with liz where it's like you know wow my mom's not getting i think she was like talking about prom or something and like she's not getting to be part of this and it's like no you know your mom is 
stuck in the time where, you know, we, we lost her. She's not, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, but your life is going to continue. So you have to continue living. Like that's kind of how you honor that person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, that, that you'll still have those moments where you'll be overwhelmed and with the grief, but, uh, but you have to, you have to push through it. Exactly. Yeah. And keep going. Um, I mean, I, I'm fortunate that I, I haven't lost anybody in my, I mean, I've lost my grandparents now, um, and some of my cousins, I've, I've had some cousins pass away, but, uh, but no, nobody in my immediate family, uh, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, definitely if it in high school, if anything like that, that would have been really, really rough. I mean, I remember my, um, one of my friends in high school, her father passed away. It was a very sad situation. He was helping a, uh, um, helping people that had gotten, um, that was helping people with their car. He was a, a good Samaritan basically. And, uh, he got hit by oh, a car man. and it was so yeah. sad. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that would be just brutal, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I think there is something to this that, that people think that you've moved on a lot faster than you actually have, you know, like moved yeah. on. Yeah. It's like, but, um, I, I don't think grief works that way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, so I really enjoyed this book. I just thought it was so well written. I really enjoyed the characters. I really enjoyed the banter. I, I thought that, uh, Wes and Liz were really great together. I thought the kiss was really good. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, well, uh, and it has like, there's like a kiss. There's like a tiny bit of language. There's some language in the book yeah. and, uh, it's teenage like language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but I thought the chemistry was really good between Liz and Wes and uh so i i really enjoyed it i mean i give it like uh i think i gave it uh, like a five star okay. <laughs> um but i don't know like a, a nine out of ten uh what do you think overall yeah i rated it like a 3.75 star round so up to good. four star um yeah i liked it i don't read as much young adult as i used to i think like what, four or five years ago, like that was all that I read. Um, it's just, yeah, like you said, like mm-hmm. the whole not nice teenager thing. I think because as as a mom, like I have a 13 year old, I'm like, I don't want to go through this, yeah. please don't, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I think my only pull out was like, are teenagers actually picking up on these references? Like, yeah, I know it's fair. a thing. You know, my daughter is very much into 90s music and like 80s music and like 90s television. So I get it, but I'm like, that's also mm-hmm. not all teenagers. I think, but I think part of the problem is that people haven't been making romantic Stuff. comedies yeah. for the last 20 years. So what ones yeah. are you going to bring up? I mean, I, aside from Tall the Boys and a couple other Netflix ones, I mean, I think They're she does bring up Crazy out. Rich Asians. I think that's in there. Mm-hmm. So what do you talk about? 
And I, Hallmark's it, not wanting to make rom-coms as much anymore. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my daughter watches those with me during the holidays. So, I mean, yeah. don't, don't take them away, Hallmark. <laughs> Please. Uh, so I think that's part of the challenge probably uh, is there yeah. just aren't any, certainly not any really iconic ones in the last 20 years. We not just much. need, we need another Nora Ephron. I know. <laughs> we need true. a couple more we Nora really Ephrons. <laughs> We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. <laughs> well, let's talk about what else we've been reading. Okay. So the first book that I read was for book club. This is not a romance. It is Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. And I thought it was really clever. It's uh, a take on kind of historical fiction with zombies brought in. Um, And the idea is that basically like Gettysburg was so there was so much death that it like created zombies. (laughs) The lead character, her name's Jane. She uh, is a mixed race a woman and she gets uh, sent to the school uh, by her mother where she is trained to kill zombies. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it was really clever. I really liked the lead character. I liked, I found it gripping and interesting and they kind of deal with some themes of uh, the, her friend, her friend uh, Catherine is uh, passing as white and so that's kind of a, a theme that's explored in the story and uh i don't know i just i thought it was really entertaining uh, and it's definitely bloody uh it's not <laughs> uh, but i liked it i thought it was good it, there's a sequel uh that i haven't read that i'd be interested in, in reading um so that was for book club I really want to read that one. I think there's like a, is there a second one already for that? One? Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. A sequel. Okay. Okay. But I haven't, I haven't read that one, but, um, but I thought this was good. I thought it was well-written. It was exciting. It was gripping. I was, I didn't know where it was going. It was creative. So I'd recommend it. I thought it was good. Awesome. Well, my first one was The Gathering Table by Katherine Springer, and this is an inspirational romance. Uh, it, I mean, I, I feel like it's one of those books that kind of blurs the line between romance and women's fiction. I mean, the romance was in there. It was sweet. Um, but I don't know. I just really liked the main hero, Wynn's Journey. Uh, she is a chef, and she gets this job uh, to base to, to do chef things basically, and when she arrives at the house, the woman who hired her isn't there. Come to find out, she had had like a stroke, I think like a year or so ago, and she just recently had a fall and has had some like 
just kind of like lingering after effects from that. So she's her social worker, like has her like uh, in a nursing home for the time being. So she gets the job and like the woman's not there, but she's like, you know, take care of the house, do your job. You know, it's fine. Like completely trusts her to do her own thing. I mean, and, and this is a little weird for her, you know, her last job, she got fired because of some trust stuff. So it, you know, she goes into this role, her, the woman's friends just kind of show up and, you know, she becomes friends with them. And I don't know, it's just, it's a really wonderful, like found family story. And like two, this is one thing I used to love in historical fiction, like two women connected by like connected in some way but separated by time and in this one like they're both still alive and there is that connection because she's like she's hired her or whatever but we get to see the main character like connect with the people that she loves and kind of get to know her through them and just kind of see what kind of a wonderful person it's like there is a teenage girl that just kind of sneaks into the house and practices piano and she'll find her like sleeping on the couch. And we learn, you know, she just kind of lets me come in if I need to come in and you find out why. And there's a boy with down syndrome and she kind of takes him in under her wing as a, and like has him be her sous chef. And like, it's so good, you guys. So if you're into inspirational romance or you're like wanting to give it a try, I mean, this it, it wasn't over the top or like as my friend tends to say, like it wasn't too preachy. I feel like sometimes that can pull me out of the story, just like some too many sex scenes can pull me out of a story at times. Mm, yeah. um, it was amazing. Like I loved this mm. book, you guys. So that's The Gathering Table by Katherine Springer. That's good because uh, inspirational romance can be – I feel like sometimes the inspiration part of it can feel so tagged on, like yeah. not – part of the story and then they just kind of added it in at last minute. Uh, and so that's good to know that this is a good one. Yeah, definitely. Well, my second book that I read this month is called the sweet life by Suzanne Woods Fisher. It's mildly inspiration. It's not romance. It's not a romance. There's like a tiny bit of romance, but not much. Uh, it's, uh, it's more women's fiction, I would say. Uh, but, uh, but I read it because, uh, I interviewed Suzanne, uh, and the, they're going to be sponsoring, uh, the podcast in May. The book is actually isn't released yet, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, it's basically about this, uh, mother daughter team that she gets the daughter gets, uh, dumped, uh, before her wedding. And, uh, and so she ends up going on this, what was going to be her honeymoon trip to Cape Cod. She ends up going with her mother. And while she's there, her mother, who's more of like a free spirited type where the daughter is more, I've got to, everything's got to be planned and fit into my life goal. Uh, and the mother decides to kind of spur the moment by this ice cream shop in Cape Cod and <laughs> so, and the daughter thinks it's just crazy. What is she doing? Uh, but she loves making ice cream. And that was a big memory of her with her and her dad. Uh, her dad has passed away. So, you know, <laughs> dead, dead parents. Uh, but, uh, but I thought it was good. I thought it, it was a, I feel like you don't typically see mother daughter books like this and, yeah. uh, and sort of their relationship. That good. sounds good. Yeah. 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 And uh, I really enjoyed talking to Suzanne in that interview. Y'all will enjoy it. She's great. 
So what do you have next? So I just had to be honest here because I, I was not going to put this on the list, but I was like, you know what? We're keeping it real here. The mm-hmm. next one is one that I did not enjoy as much, but I'm never going to tell anybody not to read something because y'all may pick it up and love it. And it was called Savvy Sheldon Feels Good as Hell by Taj McCoy. Mm-hmm. And when we meet um, Savvy in the beginning, she's in a relationship that like, she's really working hard to make work. And the guy dumps her. He basically says, you work too much and you've let yourself go. And typically, after a character, like if a character like experiences a breakup in the beginning of the book, we don't really see the ex that much after that, right? Like, no. This guy pops up all throughout the book. And he fat shames her. Like, it is so cringy. It was awful. And she really takes on this like okay i'm gonna get a revenge body i'm gonna make him feel bad for like this decision he's made and it's like diet culture and just it had a lot of potential but i think instead of being like helpful and maybe inspirational it just became a little bit harmful um Mm. the actual hero of the book she thinks is homeless for like the first couple of chapters because every time she sees him he's dirty and walking a dog and so she thinks he's homeless and come to find out like no he's a contractor (laughs) that makes sense why he's you know dirty all the Mm -hmm. time um but it's like it remains kind of the joke throughout the rest of the book like you're Mm -hmm. homeless guy you're homeless guy i was like no this is not funny (laughs) this is not cool um so yeah i just wanted to still mention it because i did read it it's one of my most recent Uh reads if anyone listens if anyone listening picks it up and feels differently or just wants to talk about it i'd love to talk about it with someone that has read it so that is savvy sheldon feels good as hell i have friends who've read it and they really loved it so it it just may be very nitpicky me Mm -hmm. um but yeah i just did not enjoy it i just think if if that's something that triggers you be careful trust your gut the minute you're like i'm a little uncomfortable i say put the book down so yeah that's it like a little dnf yes (laughs) (laughs) So what? Okay, you read a Bridgerton book. I did. I read an offer from a gentleman, the third Bridgerton book, and it's harmless. It's fun, but definitely my least favorite of the three that I've read. Um, it is basically a Cinderella story. I mean, and I know that the other two had like themes from like the second one has got a lot of Pride and Prejudice in it. The but this one, um, I mean, she has an evil stepmother. She's like, there's a whole thing with shoes throughout. I mean, it is very <laughs> Cinderella. Um, so I kind of hope they skip this one for the series because I just feel like that's so played out. We've had so much that it, uh, yeah, Cinderella yeah. is like the fairy tale that gets retold over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So. Yeah. yeah, it's about this girl named Sophie, who, uh, who's when her father dies, her stepmother basically makes her servant in the house. And uh, she, through various things, ends up being able to go to the ball. And she uh, connects with Benedict and, and Bridgerton. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it's fine <laughs> but it's just not <laughs> it's fine yeah 
<laughs> we don't uh, need a we don't need an adaptation off of this one is what you're saying yeah plus benedict in the show at least is not my favorite i'm just okay i don't know i could care less <laughs> maybe it. they'll just like blend it with like another one from the series mm-hmm. i mean but i didn't care about anthony either and they managed to uh managed to get me to give him a story (laughs) right i mean it's just such a the first season was so female focused and and we was obviously telling daphne's story and i think that if this season two and season three are both from male perspectives i think that's a bit of a loss but uh but yeah i would just skip right to the fourth book (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess although technically that's from collins it's colin and penelope uh, in the fourth book i haven't read that one yet but yeah but anyway i mean i know it's a big deal it's a big deal on netflix do you as a as a viewer like i think of sex Mm -hmm. in the city right and how sex in Mm -hmm. the city i was so angry that it ended at like season six but at mm-hmm. the same time, I was like, this is so smart to not drag it out. With Bridgerton, <laughs> how much more do you want? Do you like want them? You don't want them to drag it out. But like, when do you think would be a smart point to stop? Uh, I mean, it's hard because I think they could they could do it for a long time because each season is about different characters. I mean, the ca- same characters, but it's, you know, it's, it's that romance novel thing of, of we're gonna each each uh sibling is gonna get a book sibling yeah it's so that it it feels like each one is sort of a spinoff of the original you know the original season i mean i could picture them having a long a long run i really could i mean they've already they've they've already renewed it through season five wow okay Mm-hmm. So we know we'll, we'll, but we just don't know if they're going to follow necessarily the the books for every book, as far as I know. Yeah. But well, I heard uh, like so. My friend Sarah, she books. loves it. Yeah, my friend Sarah loves it, and she's like, book one yes. and two have like the same tropes. She's like, so while people are ticked that see, you know, the second season is so different, she's like, why would they want the first and second season to? You know, have when the books I don't are feel so like similar. it has the same tropes. I disagree. I mean, the 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 thing is, is the first season is basically about a married couple, and so yeah. their the sensuality is going to be a lot higher, and the story is just very different. But uh, between it's not an enemies to lovers story, uh, like in the um, uh, in the second season is. It, they don't get together until the very, very end, and mm-hmm. so obviously that's going to be a lot different than the first season, which is about their marital problems. Well, we know so. we're getting three more seasons, so <laughs> yeah. it'll be interesting to see. It's definitely <laughs> spicy. So, <laughs> shout out to Shonda Rhimes. Season one, <laughs> way more than season two, but still. <laughs> oh God! But what is your last book you want to talk about? Uh, My last one was Ever After Exes, and it's by Susanna Irwin, and it's a second chance romance, obviously. Um, And I read this because my books club, every month we just pick like a theme. And so our theme this month was matchmakers. And 
this book has a matchmaker in it and it's the hero. So he's come up with this dating site and it's been successful so far. Both of his sisters have found the loves of their life using it. And there's like this a production company that wants to do the thing of like adapting this matchmaking site into an actual like reality TV show. And they want him to be the guinea pig, like come on and do it yourself type of thing. But then his paths cross with, you know, this woman that he's, had a very quick thing with before. And I loved her. She was like one of those no nonsense, like all about her business heroines. And like, um, yeah, when they're, it's very tropey. It's like they get <laughs> stranded at this house together. And then there's like one of those like California mudslide storms. So they literally get stuck at the house together. Um, yes, I and love that. Yeah, it's like kind of like this fun spin on like one bed. Like we can't go anywhere. We're stuck here together. Uh, and it's just like him realizing like, you know, yeah, like I do have my person kind of thing. So I really loved it. I really love a, a fun second chance with all the extra added tropes in there. So, yeah, that was Ever After Exes by Susanna Irwin. That sounds really cute. That sounds good. Well, let us know if you got to read better than the movies or any of the books that we talked about. Let us know what you thought, if you enjoyed uh, them. And we would love to hear your your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. And uh, I'll put a link in the description to the interview I did with Lynn Painter. I thought it was a really fun one. She's super fun. And I she mean, has a new book. Rachel, speaking of rom-coms, we're doing a book by the Nora Ephron next month. <laughs> Which is yes, not a rom-com. This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be really interesting because we're going to be talking next month about Heartburn by Nora Ephron. And it's all about her divorce. So it's probably going to be a bit of a downer. <laughs> uh, but I've always, I've had it on my to be read uh, for a long, long time. So this is Same. good to yeah. check it off. And yeah. uh, I still, I've never seen the movie. I mean, I just, it just sounds like such a downer <laughs> but oh you have to but, watch the movie rachel it's so good meryl streep and jack nicholson oh mm, it's so good but yeah, i want to read that book i think the book is it's also looks like it's really short so it'll be i'd love to hear your take on both the book and the movie so yeah read, so we let's, will read it with us guys read it with us yeah so that would be really fun uh well it'll be interesting it'll be enlightening <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably not fun <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let us know what you think about Better Than the Movies. Uh, like I said, I, I'll have the uh, interview with Lynn in the description. You should check that out. She was awesome. And uh, we'll have uh, our affiliate links also in the description if you want to purchase any of the books. We get uh, we have the links down below, so we appreciate it. And Brie, where can people find you? I'm on Instagram at Brie.unabashedly, and I co-host the Categorically Romance podcast. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And you can find both of us on Goodreads. 
So we'll have those links down in the description as well. And make sure you're following the podcast, the Hallmarkies Pod and the Hallmarkies Podcast, all over social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really, really appreciate it. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. Please take a look at that. We so appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much, Bree. This is always so much fun. And uh, we'll talk next month. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.